Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Stand to your feet as we turn our Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 6. I'm not going to be long this morning. In fact, we got out of first service pretty early this morning, and uh, we still had a great time at the altar. We're still able to share the word. And so if you listen quickly, I'll be able to share the thoughts quickly as well. Amen. And if you're responsive, I won't have to go over it over and over. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, I didn't hear anything from you, though. You're just pointing at me, man. Okay. How many know that many want a better life, but few are willing to do what's necessary to get there? And I want you to understand that I, I know for me that God works through dissatisfaction in my life. And that dissatisfaction isn't always a bad thing. You're never going to have a great job if you're satisfied with an average one. Never going to have a great education if you're satisfied with an okay one. Never going to have a great marriage if you're satisfied with a destroyed one. Somewhere along the way, it's through dissatisfaction that we're driven to new levels to get better. In Nehemiah chapter 6, we've been preaching for the past few weeks about rebuilding the walls. And a wall that had been destroyed for over 125 years is now rebuilt in 52 days. I need to speak to someone this morning. You've gone through some struggles and you've seen things destroyed in your life for so long that you begin to believe that's just the way things are going to be. But I'm here to tell you that if you would step up and begin to rebuild, that you are days away from a major breakthrough in your life. You think this is just the way it's going to be. That's not the way it's going to be. If you would rise up and begin to build, you can find walls that have been destroyed for generations. You call them generational curses. I'm here to tell you that a generational blessing is about to come your way and about to overcome you and to bless not only you, but your children and your children's children. Nehemiah 6.15. On October 2nd, what day? The wall was finished. Everyone say finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. Dude, that's remarkable. 120 years destroyed was rebuilt in 52 days. What do you need rebuilt? What's laying in waste right now that you think it's impossible for it to be rebuilt? Bow your heads with me. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor, tell him, get ready. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him, it's time to build. I want you to see here the first thing as we try to rebuild things in our lives. Now, let me just kind of regress a little bit. It's usually around this time of year that I start making my health uh, goals for next year. Because it's right after Thanksgiving that I've blown it so badly that my pants are tighter and I'm feeling out of shape. I'm feeling nasty and I'm just feeling like I need to get things back in order again. Uh, but this Thanksgiving, I actually, I handled myself. I, we, one serving and we were done. We, we were, we were, we were, I, you would have been proud of me. I was proud of me. But the reality is this, is that I've found that in my life, whether it's in my marriage whether it's in my finances, 
whether it's in my knowledge or in my education, whether it's in, uh, in my walk with God or in my physical body, that whenever I start getting dissatisfied is when I have to make a choice to get better. No one else is going to make your life better for you. Say it again, Pastor. No one else is going to transform your life for you. We are responsible for our own lives. Now, people might attack you. People might put you down. But the reality is you're responsible for where you are today and where you're going tomorrow. I can blame you for things you've done to me, but it's my fault if I stay there. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, I want to go on. It says, so on October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. Now look at verse 16. When our enemies, everyone say enemies. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated, and they realized, they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. I'm here to tell you that some of you are about to do something that your enemies are going to, their jaw's going to drop, their eyes are going to bulge out, and they're just going to be scratching their head trying to figure out how you came out of that situation. Number one, I want you to understand this, is that you cannot have a 52-day miracle without starting a day one. We all want the 52-day miracle, but you're not willing to start. And every one of us has to start, whether it's in a marriage or in a relationship with your kids, whether your future, your finances, your education, your career, you have to start. And I know so many people that are dissatisfied with their life, with their current situation, but being dissatisfied alone doesn't change anything. You can feel sorry all you want for where you're at, but until you take responsibility and start putting brick upon brick, you're going to stay in that situation forever. Do you understand that they rebuilt a wall that was destroyed for 120 years and they had no heavy machinery? There was no, no, no tractors there. They had no cranes. This was done by the power of man putting brick upon brick, hand by hand, working together, coming up with problems and solutions on how to put that. That, that bottom brick is easy to lay, but how do you get the top brick on there? you got to work together. you got to come up with a, a plan. But I need you to understand that many of us are waiting for breakthrough, but you refuse to start. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's time to start. Time to get busy. See, I need you to understand something. I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm speaking for me. Okay, Jazz? I'm speaking for me. You know me. I, I'm, uh, that's my daughter right there, by the way. Okay? And so, young men, don't look at her. Just look, look back at me. Okay? I want you to see something here. I'm a perfectionist, okay? And, and that, that could be a bad thing. And the problem with being a perfectionist is that you want everything in place before you start. You want every, you want every aspect taken care of. Come on, somebody. You, you, want every, you want all the finances. You want all the ideas. You want the, now, in, in a perfect world, you have everything answered before you start. But that's not always the way it works, and as a problem, what ends up happening, we don't start because we can't do it perfectly. 
I want to make sure before I work out, I have all my gym equipment, that I have all my, my the things I'm going to do. I have my, my eating plan put together. And if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it at all. And that's the problem. And I've heard too many people come up with this. Well, Pastor, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to serve God because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Say I'm going to serve God and then don't, don't really follow through. You're being a hypocrite with that statement. You got to start. And the difference between perfectionism and excellence is that perfectionism eliminates us from the start. Excellence says, I'm just going to give my best and let the pieces fall where they may. I want you to, to understand that we need to be people of excellence, not people of perfection. What am I telling you? That means I'm going to give my all, and I'm going to give my best, and I might fall down, but I'm going to get back up again, and I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep moving, but it's not going to keep me from starting. Some of you are afraid to start because you can't do it perfect. God's not expecting you to be perfect. He knows you're not, but he does expect you to start. Come on, say it again, Pastor. He expects you to start. You got to start somewhere. And the thing is, not everyone's going to approve of what you're doing. You see, because when you step out of your dysfunction, it leaves them. You, you break out of your dysfunction, they're stuck because they have no excuse for staying in theirs. I don't want to see you get out of it. I don't want to see a single mom success, succeed. You, you, should, you should be stuck in your situation like I am. Don't you break through. Don't you get there. I don't want to see you as a single dad to expand and do great things. Don't do that because then I have no excuse for me staying in my dysfunction. See, people around you don't want to see you succeed sometimes. But I got to tell you, my haters have done more for my destiny than my friends have. Because when you tell me I can't, it drives me to show you that I can Look at Joseph's brothers. It was Joseph's brothers that said that he couldn't that ended up pushing his dream into motion. See, I want you to understand that not every time you will, you will be successful. You're going to fail. On the road to, to, to rebuilding, I guarantee you there were some rocks that went up that fell down. I guarantee you there were some plans they put together that didn't work out the way they expected them to. But you know what? Just because things don't always work out the way you had it in mind, start anyhow. Come on, turn to your neighbor tell them, start anyhow. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, take a look at this. For God says, at just the right time, someone say right time. Well, you know what? I'll work on my marriage later. I'll work on my body later. I'll work on my, on, on my finances later. For at the, just the right time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the, 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 the right time is when? Tomorrow. Next week. When I have everything together. When I've broken my addiction. When I put my marriage back together. When I get my mind right, when I have all my bills paid off, no, it says the right time is, is when, right now. Stop waiting until you get everything together, because you'll never have it together. Start right now. Come on, somebody give God praise. I can't control what might happen to tomorrow, but I can control, I can control my start. Start. Get it started today.
Because God's timing is always perfect. Number two. Everyone say number two. When your enemies hear about it, it's going to frighten them. Now, now, let let me explain something here, okay? Your Your enemies love to hear when you're going through struggles. You just got locked up. I knew it. Car got repossessed. I knew they couldn't afford that car. Come on. House just got foreclosed on. Man, I knew they couldn't afford that big old house. I don't know why they were buying that. Lost your job? I knew he, I knew he didn't have the skills to do that job. Haters love to celebrate your failures. But when your enemies hear about the walls being rebuilt in your life, that that marriage that was in shambles is put back together, that the kids that were messed up are now serving God, that the finances that you were you had lost everything, but now God has restored everything back to you. When they begin to see that you were lost in addiction, but now you're helping other people break theirs, when people see those things, your enemies get frightened because they know that God is at work in your life. Now, now you got to take a look at this. Look at verse 16. When our enemies heard, that when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard, everyone say heard. They were frightened and humiliated. Everyone say heard again. That means this, is that as the walls were going up, what was going on? Because they, so someone was, in order for someone to, someone has to be. So you need to start opening up your mouth. You need to start opening up your mouth about the progress you're making. You need to start celebrating the small things in life. You got to start celebrating. I got that one brick on top of that brick. Now, that may only be one brick. It may be only one day of sobriety. It might be only one day of having that marriage strong. It might be only one day that you've served the Lord. But it's time to start speaking about what God has done in your life. Because when the enemy hears about what God is doing in you, enemy cannot get frightened about what God's doing until you speak about what God is doing. Well, I don't want to brag, Pastor. You put all that crap on social media when you're down. (laughs) Tough day. Oh, Lord. But you can't talk about your progress in Christ? God's been good today. Instead of, man, today sucked. Why not? I'm trusting God for a great day today. Same situation, different outlook. Because the words that you... How did God create the world? The word. When did God create man? First or last? Does that that mean that God didn't love man? He had to create an environment... God had to create an atmosphere that could sustain man. If he creates man first, then man doesn't have the right environment to be sustained. And he dies because there's no atmosphere to sustain him. So God, through the spoken word, creates first the heavens and the earth. Then he creates the, 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 the environments or the atmosphere, separates the water from the land, sky, and all. And then he creates plants because the plants create what? 
Oxygen. God had to create an atmosphere in order for man to survive. The reason many things are dying in our lives is because we're speaking the wrong atmosphere. That things can't sustain or grow in your life. You know what? You can't, you can't sustain sobriety. You can't sustain the presence of God. You can't sustain the love of God or the blessings of God because of the words that you keep declaring out of your mouth. You're destroying the atmosphere that is trying to develop something for you to live. What am I telling you? I'm telling you today that testimonies are powerful. Oh, no, you didn't hear me. I said testimonies are powerful. That your stumbling block is going to become your stepping stone. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the struggle that you guys went through years ago in your marriage to see where you guys are at right now as pastors over the married couple's ministry. Your struggle became your stepping stone. Now gives you the qualification to minister to other couples. I need you to know that what you've gone through, your struggle, that if you could speak, that the struggle I went through in raising kids and the, the drugs and getting incarcerated, all those things, though they don't disqualify you today, they qualify you to be able to be a blessing to other people. And many of us are trying to hide our testimony, but it's through your testimony that God gets glory. Because the enemy wants to shame you into silence. But you know what? It's through your struggle that you're able to tell the enemy, look what the Lord's done. Look what God's done in my life. What you meant to destroy me, God has used to build me. What you tried to destroy me with, God is going to use to get glory. What you put me down and tried to shame me into, God's turned it around, and now I'm setting other people free. It is time for you to begin to recognize what God's doing. Begin to open your mouth and declare the goodness of God. Because when you don't give up, miracles are possible. When you don't give up, breakthrough is, in, is, is, is able to take place in your life. Your story is about to frighten and humiliate the enemy. Did you hear me? Your, your story is about to frighten and humiliate the enemy. Because you know why? Every time the enemy throws something at you and you grow, give me something else. He throws it at you and then you grow again. Now he doesn't know how to discourage you. Because every time I come at you, you grow. Every time I come at you, you end up more anointed. Every time I throw something at you, 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 get, you, you just keep on growing. And I don't want to help you grow anymore. So he doesn't know how to come at you any, anymore. Because he becomes frightened and humiliated that every problem I throw at your life, you somehow take and you get stronger. You grow in your faith. You grow in your walk. And people are seeing the glory of God in your life. Revelation 12, 11 says this, if the worship team can help me. They triumphed over him, talking about the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives as much to shrink from death. In other words, I'm here to tell you this morning, you win. Miha, you win. You win. It's done. All you have to do is start walking in the wind. 
All you have to do is start walking in the, in the wind that's been provided. Jesus did it all. You don't have to worry. All you have to do is receive it. And then walk in it. Receive it, walk in it. Receive it, walk in it. All you have to do is receive in it, receive it and walk in it. Number three, everyone say number three. It reminds people that God is with you. <laughs> I, need, I need you right now, every one of you here, just to understand God is with you. God has not denied you. God has not walked away from you. God has not abandoned you. God is not mad at you. God is with you. I want you to close your eyes and just make that declaration. God is with me. Come on, say, God is with me. God is for me. God is not mad at me. God is not trying to destroy me. God is trying to build me. I want you to see here, Nehemiah 6.16 says this, and they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Stop trying to do it on your own. I notice every time I try to serve God through my own strength, I fail. I'm telling even, even today, when I try to do the things God's called me to do on my own strength, I mess up. I blow it. I fall flat on my face because God's trying to let me know I can't do it without him. Now, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And if, and if God is for me, who could be against me? And, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, all those things are great. The problem is this, is that many times I try to do it on my own and I eliminate the very one that gives me the power to accomplish it. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to prove people wrong on your own. And just start receiving the completed work of Christ in your life. What am I telling you this morning? Your obstacles are just opportunities for God to prove to you that he's with you. God is with you. Pastor, I'm going through so many problems right now. You just don't understand. Listen, I, I understand. I've gone through some things. Just a few. Uh, maybe, maybe not problems as big as yours. Maybe not as, as deep as the ones that you're going through. I only went through the loss of a child. I, nothing compared to what you're going through. Come on, man. We've all gone through some stuff. We're all gone and all going through something. But you can't do it alone. You weren't designed to do it alone. What am I telling you? Is that without God, there's no way. Not hard. It's impossible without God. And I'm here to encourage you right now that your testimony is about to show forth. Your testimony is about to break loose. That, that very thing that you thought was disqualifying you is the very thing that's qualifying you. In fact, let me put it to you this way. You don't have a testimony. You are a testimony. Every time you get up, Anthony, you're a testimony. You haven't quit, man. You're a testimony. You don't have one. You are one. Don't need to make excuses. You're not, you don't have a testimony. You are one, Dave. You're a testimony of what God's done. Jessica, you don't have a testimony. You are a testimony. 
Are, are you hearing me? Well, I don't have a testimony like someone else. You're, you don't have one. You are one. The fact that you're still standing means that you have a testimony. The fact that you're still here means you have a testimony. What am I saying? That God's going to get some glory out of your mess, out of the struggle you went through, out of the battle that you're fighting, out of the fact that you're still standing when you should have been defeated. God is going to get some glory out of what you're going through today. Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Look at this last part. If so, be that we suffer with him. In other words, if I suffer with Christ, that we may also be glorified together. Come on. For every suffering, there's a glory that comes with it. For every battle, there's a victory. And all you're looking at is a suffering. Why not start opening your eyes to the glory that's about to show up right now? Now, some of the suffering we go through because we're stupid. Come on. That, that's, a, that's a Greek word, all right? That means stupid. That we make dumb choices, and we keep in that cycle of making dumb choices. Now, you know what? Uh, that, that's... I'm the king of the stupidity because I make dumb choices sometimes. But I'm so grateful for his love, for his mercy, and for his grace. Because God doesn't see how good I am. He always views me through the lenses of how good he is. Now that word glory, everyone say glory. God's going to get some glory out of you. That word glory in the Greek is doxa. In the Hebrew, it's kabod. It's a weightiness. Doxa and, and glory. One means honor. The other one talks about a weight. That in the Old Testament, when the glory of God showed up, People couldn't even stand in the presence of God because the presence of God, the glory showed up. I'm here to tell you that there's about to be a weightiness to your walk. No, no, you don't hear me right now. Let, let me put it this way. Some of you, because of what you've gone through, you're going to have the glory, the doxa, the honor. You're going to have the weightiness. Now, when we talk about the weightiness, that talks about cred. You ever heard about street cred? Come on, some of, work with me here. When someone has street cred, what are we saying? They, they, have, they have a certain credibility. They, they, they have a, they, they, you know they've gone through it. You might have all the taps and everything, but if you don't have the cred, if you don't have the life, tattoo's not going to give you credibility. It's what you've gone through that gives you credibility. Anyone hearing me? Let, let me try this side. See, it, it's not how you look. You can have the walk, the look, and, and still not have the cred. It's the credibility that you've gone through some stuff. You can put a teardrop on, but that teardrop don't mean a thing if you haven't gone through anything. And I'm not just talking tattoos. You can put on a suit, come to church, and look like the part. But the moment you walk out of this place, if your life doesn't follow after your heart, then you have no cred with God. Some of you, because of what you're going through, are about to step into a, into a season of cred. 
You're going to walk into a season of credibility because you made it through that thing, because you made it through that struggle, because you fought through that battle. People are going to look at you and say, well, that, that person's legit. And God gets glory when people see someone who should have been destroyed by that wall being down. But instead of being destroyed, they rebuilt. Oh, who's ready to rebuild today? You're not finished yet. Come on, tell your neighbor, you ain't done yet. God's not done yet. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross you got to endure some things to get to the glory despising the shame don't worry about what they have to say about you he sat down come on he what he sat down why because he's done it's done it's finished he had, jesus did everything that needs to be done for your victory it's all done you don't have to do jesus is like It's done. Everything you need is done. He sat down because he's finished. Everything you need is done. He says in Revelation, stand to your feet, 22, 13. I am the, and the, I am the, and the, the beginning, and the, what am I talking, everything starts with me, and everything will end with me. It's done. It's completed. The wall's done. But listen to me when I tell you, it's beyond the wall. It goes deeper than the wall because once they got the walls up, the temple was still destroyed. Houses still laid in rubble. I'm here to tell you, just because you got your 52-day miracle doesn't mean there's work that still doesn't need to be done. Bow your heads right where you are. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.